Welcome to Momentum Church. I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians, Ephesians, and as you turn your Bibles over to Ephesians um, chapter 5, um, this is our, our second week in the Ebb and Flow series, and, um, and I just want to kind of recap, if you missed last week, I'm not going to recap much, but just a little bit to give you an understanding of Ebb and flow. And, and, and this, this ebb and flow idea came to Amy and I back during our sabbatical. And so last week, if you heard the sermon, we taught on sabbat, Sabbath last week, and ebb in life is a, a rest. We need a period of rest so that we can flow with force. And during our sabbatical, the Lord just began to speak to our hearts how important ebb and flow is in every area of our lives. It's not just about getting your rest physically, but it affects our finances, it affects our marriages, it affects how we raise kids, it affects our health, it affects all things of life. This, this back and forth, this give and take, everybody say this ebb and flow, say ebb and flow. Yeah, our ebb and flow is a recurrent or rhythmical pattern of coming and going. It's pulling back, pushing forward. It's decreasing and increasing. Think about that like with Jesus. If I decrease, guess what? He increases. Or at least in my life, I see him increase. If I pull back, he moves forward in my life. Isn't that neat? There's that back and forth, that giving and receiving. And I told you last week that the tides, they give us the example of that. If the tide just came in one time and that was it, if it never drew back out, it would have no force. All right? It's the pulling back into the ocean that creates the force as it moves forward. And our relationships, our lives, we need to have force in our lives. Amen? If, if the tides never went out, they would never collect volume. They would never create capacity to move forward. If it always just came in, it would lose that sense of, of volume. It would lose that sense of, of capacity. That final thing I said last week, if the tides only came in, but they never went back out, if there was never an ebb, you would never have the sustainability of, of that movement of water back and forth and back and forth. There's a sustainability, if you will, to it. So the ebb and flow that causes us, I believe, to see the best that God has for us manifest in our lives is when we get into that flow, we get into that, that back and forth that God is doing in our lives, okay? So over the next few weeks, last week we looked at Sabbath rest, this week we're going to be looking at relationships, and over the next few weeks, a couple more subjects, but these are principles and things that we need to put into our lives so that we can get the most out of life. And so I want to talk today about marriage mainly, but really any relationship you have, these principles will work in, okay? And um, Amy and I, we have very different dispositions. I know that's hard for you to believe, right? Very different, you know? I'm so quiet and meek and, and just mild and very orderly and structured. No, that's actually her. And then I, I'm just kind of a wild guy, you know? And our dispositions work, you know? I flow and she ebbs, but we need that back and forth in our life. And over the last few years, we started realizing the benefit of that in our marriage. And it's really probably what's held us together strong is because we've started to honor that in each other. All right. And so let me give you a little bit of history. I'm going to invite Amy to come up. Come on up, baby. There you go. Welcome my bride to the... There you go. Um, a little bit of history. Amy and I, I was, let's see, I was, she was 10 years old when I first met her. 10, but a child. And I was the whopping age. I had just, it was on my 13th birthday that I met her. 
wild. Again, this idea of flow. Uh, my neighbor boy said, you got to meet this boy, our neighbor. He's wild. He's like a little animal that just runs around all hyper. This is how he, this is, this is my wingman. So I, on my 13th birthday, my parents allowed me to have the attic. That was kind of my gift. You get the attic. You can do whatever you want in the attic. So I made this amazing room in the attic. And so they come to my house and they throw rocks at the window of the attic to get my attention, you know, because they want to introduce her in me. And I come bounding down the steps and I'm just a bundle of energy, you know, and probably a little too much. And I was. And, um, and so I, I, as soon as I saw her, I was done. I just thought, this little thing is a doll, you know? Just 10, just 13, we're just kids. And then every few years, we'd see her at different things, different events. And then in high school, she came to our high school. Wow. I was just, can I carry your books? Can I, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it began, our relationship. All through high school, we began to date, you know? And, and basically, what ended up happening? Well, we fell madly in love. We right? did. We did. We fell madly in love, and now we are just mad and in love. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. of the time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> One of the things, um, the, the truth of the matter, though, is, is um, when it comes to our relationship, because we've been together so long, it'll be 26 years this summer, um, even through school and early years of marriage, people would always say, well, no wonder you guys work out so well. You're so compatible and stuff. You know, one of the things we hear, the reason it works for you guys is that, right? You two are just so compatible. No wonder you've stayed married so long. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy because, you know, it's like that's the reason we're together is because we're compatible. And God showed us something really neat in that. And so we're really excited to share with you kind of that idea. Is it compatibility? What is it exactly? But just some fun differences that we have just to, to say how different we really are. And we'll just start with text messages. Well, I want you guys, before we do that, I want you to think about differences in your relationships, okay? So don't, 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 don't judge me. No judgment, right? Well, All right. let's just talk text messages. So has anybody gotten a text message from my husband? <laughs> so he texts as long as he talks. And so a lot of times you see going through, right? But you know exactly what he's thinking because he shares that. And on my end, I can be the polar opposite where I'm really bad at... Answering the phone. I wasn't going to say that, but I'm really bad. at like in the moment and I'm thinking something, it takes me a while to process what I want to say or think. So it's easier for me to use one word. So I don't know if any of you guys have gotten any of my texts, but it's usually K. Yep. All right. Or how about the infamous exclamation points? When I get excited and I don't want to put it into words, I just go with all these explanation marks or points. And so, you know, it's just the difference in the way that we respond and we text, message. And well, it's because I'm an external processor. Yeah. So I'm not realizing what I'm saying until I'm half said it, <laughs> until I've half said it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you're like, that's how you preach every week, kind of. <laughs> and I'm externally processing things all the time, so that comes out like that where where you are more of a... I'm an internal processor. I need to sit and think on it. I do have something to say. Like, I don't want to be shut down. I want to say something. I just need to take a minute to formulate how that is going to come mm -hmm. out. And speaking of that, just sermon prep for this. You know, I wanted weeks ago to be able to simmer on this and to find out what we were going to say. Because I had an idea. We both had an idea. We've, we've been really excited to share this whole ebb and flow idea with you guys. But... I just wanted a little bit more time to like think on how we're going to formulate this. And so I kept asking Ross, you know, when are we going to sit down and actually start writing the structure? I got it. I got it. It's in my head. It's fine. Then. So fast forward to this series. And then finally he sits down and Wednesday. in one 
yeah, Wednesday. In one setting, he just bleh, this complete, <laughs> this complete brain dump. And I'm just like, okay, this works, but man, I, I just needed a little bit. I really think he's the Instapot and I'm the slow cooker. That's how I see it. I mean, he can just make a meal in like 20 minutes, make a sermon, and I'm just like, I need six to eight hours. Weeks. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, you know, this isn't in the notes, but, but, but I did that on a, for a reason, and you don't even oh, know really? it, ulterior motive. Because like now, she's been preaching a bunch now, but, but years ago when she first started preaching and had a call to preach, you know, man, she did, delivers an incredible sermon, but it would be like four weeks before the sermons to deliver, and I lose my wife. <laughs> Like, 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 I mean, like, like, just like, I can't think, I can't do nothing. Like, it's all about, it's just sermon prep. For four weeks for one sermon, I wish I had that liberty, you know? And um, so, so, um, yeah, so I was an ulterior motive. I was like, if I drop this on Wednesday, you know, it will just be like, hey, here we go. Yeah, Let's figure worked. this out. It worked. It worked. Right. Oh, yeah. But it does. It, 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 for years, I felt like it was a deficiency. I don't know how many of you all in here can relate with the ebb side, where it's like, you just need to step back. You need to just kind of process you know, more the cautious one. I learned that was my personality and our disc profile. I'm more cautious. It takes me some time. Or maybe if you find yourself more the flow person where it's just like, it just comes and we go running. Right. But I did. I felt like it was a deficiency that I had. Like mm -hmm. I just wasn't hearing from God as easily or I wasn't being able to speak as fluently because it didn't come to me like that. And maybe it was going to come over time, mm -hmm. but I'm like 45 and it still hasn't come as easily, you know, and it just, it did. It felt like a deficiency for a long time. Yeah. And you in your relationships realize that when there are things that can seem like that in each other, like you're like looking at your spouse, like you feel like it's a deficiency. No, just because it's a difference doesn't mean it's a deficiency. Yeah. Okay. It's different. Her processing way is different than mine doesn't mean that it's deficient in one, in one bit. It's just different than mine. And, and, and mine too, right? That's right. right. That's right. Right? Okay. <laughs> Not that we've had to fight she, over that. She is super calm and super peaceful. I love her. She's like peaceful waters all the time. And he likes to bring the band. <laughs> Pretty much. Everywhere he goes. <laughs> and, I mean, and it starts our day off this way, guys. At 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, we come downstairs. And she usually beats me downstairs. And when I get down there... It's winter time. It's 30 degrees, right? And I'm hearing birds in my house. <laughs> Not music at all. No music, just birds. Because Alexa, play birds. I'm sorry. It's a nerdy fun fact. And this is her calm you know, disposition. She just, she's, she just wants to hear birds while she sits there and reads her Bible. Meanwhile... I'm not even in the house, and I can hear the black gospel music bumping in the house because my husband has one decibel, and that's loud. There's no in-between. It's just completely loud, and, and he has one level of noise from morning to night. So Hezekiah you know, Walker needs to be played with force, <laughs> with force, you know, right? So, yeah, it's kind of like the window wipers, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of an all-or-nothing kind of a person where she's very metered in her approach, and so I am. I'm just all-or-nothing all the time, and, and um, the window wipers, they're, they're, <laughs> if you've been in my car before, they're on or they're off, yeah. and being on doesn't necessarily mean it's raining, okay? Because if they were on when it was raining and I got out of the car, they'll probably stay on until somebody goes, hey, do you realize your window wipers are on? I just, I don't, I just don't, I don't. And they're not just on, they're on high. Yeah, well, so my mind's in off. The or high. My mind's in the heavenlies. I'm, I'm thinking of spiritual things. You know, that's 
I don't have time to think about that. And, uh, no, this happened this week. It was funny. I was, I was doing a call for one of my health clients and just checking on her. And, and she says, are you at the gym working out on a treadmill? And I'm like, no. And then I realized, oh, my window wipers are on. Sunny. <laughs> I mean, like, not a... Those were on since yesterday, you know, so. But it is true. So yeah, she helps me I mean, with that. we do. Plus, I think we spiritualize, too. You know, we were, we were talking through and realizing some of our favorite verses in the Bible have a lot to do with our ebb and flow. And so one of my favorite verses in the Bible is when Mary finds out that she's going to be the mother of Jesus and had that um, visitation from the angel. And it said that she hid these things in her heart. You know, I can relate with that because it's like, oh, okay, let me just sit on this a minute. Let me just, okay, this is between me and you, God. Before I ever have to speak or say anything, I just want to sit on this. Meanwhile, we got talking. We realized Ross, one of his favorite verses is, you know, God can do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or think. <laughs> it's like just so grandiose. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just neat to kind of see how we relate even in scripture. Yeah, it's not a deficiency, it's just a difference. Yeah. And, and so with that, like when it comes to hearing the voice of God, um, I will run until the door hits me in the face, you know, I'm, and she'll wait for the door to open. You know, I'm going, okay, Lord, let's go. And, and you'll stop me when it's time to stop. And she's going, okay, Lord, show me where to take that next step. And when the door opens, then I'll go. And again, it's not a deficiency. It's just a, a difference. difference, amen. And can you think of anything else that might be a different thing? Yeah. What? I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> right, okay. Well played, well played. So differences in our lives, like we have a lot of those. Amy, we have a ton of differences. And they can divide us. You know, the differences can actually literally divide and, and conquer you. Or those differences can give you the ability to divide and conquer. And what I mean by that is the enemy, the statistics, all the things that's trying to work against you. When we take our differences and we learn to bring those things together, wonder twin powers activate, form of. You know, when, when we do that, oh my word, we can literally divide and conquer what the enemy is trying to do in our lives. And so there's an ebb and a flow that makes our differences beautiful. There's an ebb and flow that makes our differences powerful. And here is where it lies. Here is the crux of what will allow her ebb and my flow to come together to really make something powerful. And it's in serving one another. Not super, super deep here, okay? I'm just telling you, the differences in our lives can be bridged when we serve one another. I, I pull back from my wants in the moment, you know, I pull, I ebb from my wants or my position or my, my, um, this is right. This is the way it's supposed to be. Why can't you see it my way? However it is, I pull back and I look out for her need first. I, I look out to serve what benefits her, benefits her more than me in that moment. So I'm moving forward with her best interest in mind while I'm ebbing with my best interest in mind. And next thing you know, those differences start to get bridged. Does that make sense? There's a beauty to that. So serving one another bridges the differences and allows that what could divide us to become something that actually calls us to find an ebb and a flow that I believe results in us experiencing more in life. All right? I'm going to read you Matthew. Here in a bit we'll get to the Ephesians passage. But Matthew 20, verse 20 through 28 says, Jesus called them to him and said, he's talking to his disciples, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. I love that. As a believer, it's not supposed to be that way amongst us. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. 
And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. But I want to move forward. No, no, I got I to gotta ebb a little bit here. You know, I got to be a servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the model of servanthood that Jesus espoused to us. He showed us this idea of not my will, Father, but, but yours be done. I'll ebb from my purpose. I'll ebb from my will, and I'll pursue what's the best in the interest of, of, of our relationship. I'll pursue what's best in the interest of this moment. And by Jesus doing that, it brought us to a place of salvation. Amen? Something great happened. More manifested because of Jesus, his servant model. And so Jesus, he applies that model of servanthood um, to his early church, to the work of the church. He wraps it into this picture of what it looks like when a husband and a wife are in mutual submission, or you could call that mutual submission, mutual servanthood to one another. And so if you want, let's stand to our feet and we'll read this passage as Amy reads this. Ephesians 5, 22. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we as members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Yeah, you can have your seats. Yeah, so we see here Jesus showing this, this, this picture of his love for the church and how that ought to be the husband's love for the wife, and then the, the church's submission to, the, the, to Jesus and how that ought to be the wife's submission to the husband. We see this a great, it's like a mutual submission, a mutual servanthood going back and forth. And the beauty of it is that Jesus models that because in Jesus serving the church, in Jesus working in our lives, he didn't have to, he chose to. In doing that, he perfects us. You know, he, he makes us sanctified. He makes us holy. In other words, his service to us brings out our best. Amen? In the same way, my service to Amy, it brings out her best. Her service, now Jesus is already perfect, but as an earthly husband, I'm not. Her service to me brings out my best. And, and, and it's because it's an attitude thing. Think about it this way. If there is conflict, usually our differences bring conflict, doesn't it? brings tension. Yeah, it does. So if there's conflict and tension, people do not change in an atmosphere of confrontation and conflict. They just don't. They change in an atmosphere of, of servanthood and acceptance. When, when there's that kind of taking care of each other first, I want to be better for her. You know, I want to change for her. I want to, 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 to walk in a way that I'm growing and maturing and, and becoming who I need to be and vice versa, right? Amen. And so Jesus, he models that to us. When we serve each other, kind of like that, that ebb and flow, I want to kind of look at that, that force, volume, and sustainability, because I think it plays out into our relationship. And force, volume, and sustainability is kind of the, 
the real undercurrent, I like that current, that, that we're using with this whole ebb and flow series, okay? And so when it comes to force, when we serve one another, number one, a force comes, and I don't mean like some cosmic force, I'm just saying the move of God, the touch, whatever you want to call it, something happens that literally transforms each other in a relationship that doesn't happen when we live selfishly, okay? When we, when we realize this ebb and flow, these differences, but we choose to serve each other, there's something powerful that begins to happen in our homes that allows us to be changed, where if we walk with selfishness, those homes don't change. You know why? Because those, don't, those hearts don't change. Does that make sense? A serving heart is a changing heart. A serving heart is a broken heart. A serving heart is a heart that, that is a humbled heart. Does that make sense? Okay. And so that just brings really this, this, uh, this powerfulness to our home. And, and, and it's kind of like servanthood versus selfishness, you know? And, and we need to be servants, not selfish. And the reason why is because when we're serving, we're not looking for something to happen in return. We're just serving because we're watching out for the other person's best interest. It's, to me, I see it as the difference between transactional and transformational. You know, it becomes something that you are trying to get when it's transactional. Mm. You know, there's a transaction that happens at the bank when you get your money. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think of transformational, it's uh, what you do together to become something. And sometimes we forget about us wanting to become something as a couple and move forward because it's all about the transaction. If then is mm. what I call it, the if then model. So if I do this, mm -hmm. then I should receive this back. And what happens is if you're talking about ebb, you decide to just ebb back and say, I'm not giving anymore. I'm not going to flow towards the things mm -hmm. that are going to transform our lives. And so we get stuck. And so I see that as the difference. Yeah, that's good. I like that idea of what, like you said, with the transformational, it's so that together we could become something, whereas transactional is really so we can get something, you know? Are we living transactionally or are we living transformationally? Being a servant is always transformational because we're doing it so together we can grow together we can become something and then transactional is just i want i want to get mine you know and um and i mean i that could be everything from from um, um i mean i'll just i'll just can i just be real can i be real all right can this just be a back rub that doesn't lead to anything that was a woman that said, right? She's like, right, preach, preacher, <laughs> you know. I mean, and, and, and I think that's a simple concept, but I mean, but that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be transactional. It could just be transformational, you know? And so, and I'm like, yes, baby, you, you, know, you can rub my back and it doesn't have to lead to anything. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> that was funny. So. <laughs> there it is. Ah, so, so Jesus comes along and he says that, that husbands are to love their wives like I love the church and that wives are to submit to their husband. And like Amy was saying, that if-then model, it, another way we can look at that is, is who goes first? Mm -hmm. Who goes first? I'll, I'll, I'll love you if you'll submit to me. Well, if you'll submit, I'll show you some love, woman, you know. And so who goes first? And choosing to be a servant is transformational when we each choose to make the choice to go first. Like, we're each choosing. Like, you're not waiting for each other to go first. You, you choose now. A lot of times when I'm marrying couples, I'll actually look to the audience, and I'll share this a little bit. And I'll just say, you know, there's people here right now that have been married a long time, and you're in that mode. You're, you're, you're trying to go. If, if she'll do this, then I'll do that. You know, and can you leave here today making the choice? I'm going to love. I'm going to love first. I'm going to submit. I'm going to submit first, you know, and so on. And so um, number two, that's force. Number two, when we serve one another, volume or capacity increases in our homes. 
Your ability to, to, to receive increase. Don't you appreciate it? Somebody with each other. And I just put up three areas. Appreciation increases. Don't you appreciate it? Somebody when they're serving you. Yeah, mutual appreciation starts to manifest. The capacity to appreciate one another. Don't, don't you realize sometimes you may feel like you're being taken advantage of, right? And you may be. And the reason why you feel that way is because the other person's not serving. The other person's being transactional. So you feel taken advantage of because I give and give and give, but there's nothing in return. And I'm, I'm not saying stop giving, but if you're the other person hearing this, you need to do too. You need to partner. It brings appreciation, that ebb and that flow in your relationship. The other thing, it brings admiration. It brings honor in the relationship. The capacity to honor each other more. It's hard not to honor someone when they're serving, serving you. Amen? When they're doing good by you. Unless you're married to a pathological, you know, narcissist or something, you know, normally, if somebody's doing good to you, man, it's just, you, you just show honor to them. It's just, it's just how it is. It's that give and flow and give and, give and take. And then acceptance, you know, there's, when I'm serving Amy, she tolerates a whole lot more of my idiosyncrasies. You know, I'm just being honest. When I'm, when I'm watching out for her need, I can't help the things that I have idiosyncrasies with. I, I, I've, I've toned down a lot of them, but they're who I am and they're who she is. But when we serve each other, there's a lot of acceptance. And like I said, people change in an atmosphere of acceptance, right? So something manifests. A, a shift happens when we start to serve each other that is powerful. As powerful as the tides, people. As powerful as the tides. Number three, when we serve one another, sustainability in our relationship is established. Think about the tides and the sustainability. And, and I just want to bring it home this way. Have you ever been to a restaurant with horrible service? Everybody say the name of it, right? No, don't say it. Don't. You go to a restaurant and you're just like, oh my gosh. My friend and I went to a restaurant years ago. It's not in existence anymore, <laughs> obviously. I've never been to a restaurant so bad. It was, the service was bad. We're the only people there. We shouldn't have walked in. It was noon lunchtime and nobody was there. I should have been like, yeah, this is a, we went there and, and I think it was a front for something illegal. I really do. I really do. But we went there and um, it was so bad. Service was bad. Food, it was almost like cat food. I'm not exaggerating. It was so bad. And so since service was so bad, you know, I, 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 it was so bad, I didn't try it again. Most places, you're like, they've had a bad day, they've had an off day, and you'll try it again, right? But if it's horrible service again, guess what? There comes a point where you don't keep going back, right? Because why? They have horrible service. They're not watching out for you. And, and I feel like in marriage, I'm not saying you leave your spouse, at least not physically, but emotionally you do. You stop going back. You, you stop connecting. You stop being open to each other. You stop because you're not serving each other. Does that make sense? And then it robs you of sustainability. But this idea of serving each other, it brings a ebb and a flow, a back and a forth, a give and a take that really is a beautiful thing that creates sustainability. And one word that you can use for sustainability when it comes to your family relationship, familiar relationships, is legacy and heritage. Amen? You want legacy and heritage? Let it be built upon the heart of service. Amen? Servanthood in your home. Amen? And so Jesus, he was always modeling this servant's heart clear up to the end. And in the end, what does he do? One of the last things, he brings his disciples together. And in that moment, he has the last supper, but he washes their feet. Okay? In other words, 
he's been modeling servanthood to him all the way up to the end and one of the last things he does is an act of service i want to challenge you in your relationships no matter how long you've been married keep doing what got you to the dance in the first place you know you started serving when you were dating let me open your door let me buy you some flowers let me do this let me do oh i can wash those dishes you know and so on you started that way early in marriage all the way up to the end, Jesus modeled us all the way up to the end, a heart of servanthood. Amen? In John 13, verse 3 through 5, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. He laid aside, that's the first thing, watch this. He rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments. He took a towel, tied it around his waist. He poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When I look at this passage of scripture, I see kind of a, a, some points for us that help us to understand what servanthood to each other is all about. The first one is he rose, he rose. Um, in other words, he made time to serve, amen? It was a priority to him, he prioritized. In that evening, he didn't have to do that. Some servant could have come and done that. But no, no, he rose. He changed his posture. He changed his, his, his stature in that moment. Been haphazard. And he took time. Servanthood in our lives toward our spouse does not happen haphazardly. It's not something that you just stumble into. You've got to be purposeful in it. You have to prioritize. Number two, he laid aside his outer garment. And, and you know that outer garment was a beautiful thing. That outer garment that Jesus had literally was gambled by the, the Romans when he was on the cross. I mean, this was a fine piece of, of garment. It was seamless. There wasn't stitching. It was, all, it was all woven together. It was a beautiful piece. And he laid aside that. And I got to thinking about that. I lay aside my best because I'm preparing my heart to serve her best. I lay aside my, what I have, my resources, my stuff, so that I can resource her, so I can serve her. Does that make sense? All right. Um, also, that in a sense, it's an identity type thing, you know, that, that, that outer garment for a Jewish man. It was a symbol of identity, etc. And so I lay aside my identity. I, in other words, I lay aside who I am to take care of who she is. I lay aside of how I do life. That's just how I am. That's just, that's just the way I do things. You're going to get used to it. No, no, no. You know, I lay aside who I am. I lay aside how I do things to be able to serve her. Does that make sense? All right, taking off that outer garment. Number three, he took a towel. Towel, just a towel, nothing, nothing special. He took a towel. He used what he had to serve his disciples. Just use what he had, that's all. Just everybody say that, use what you have. That's what serving is, just using what you have. You don't have to have something special. A towel doesn't seem important, but it is in the moment. If there's wet feet, it's important. The towel's important, amen? Um, Amy, you know, she got a, a new car in the, in the fall, and so I'm trying to keep it clean for, you know, like it's just, it's just it, to, I'm going to be honest with you, that's not something that, that we, I'm not, a, we're just not really good with keeping our vehicles clean, you know? Like we're, we're not maintenance people. We're, we try to be, but sometimes it's hard. Yes. So we have a real, I have a real conviction to really take care of this for her. And, and, and so I've been keeping it clean for her, you know. And so when it comes down to that, um, um, you, there we go. Amy's car, it may not seem important keeping it clean, but it is in, in the moment. It's important, you know. Um, this morning, Amy brought me a cup of coffee while I was getting ready. And that may not seem that important, but you know what? I mean, a few minutes on a Sunday morning, in that moment, it was important. And to me, I feel like marriages are made in the moments. 
Well, I think what's important to see there is sometimes we're not present, whether that's we're on social media or we are with the kids and you know our mind just gets distracted with other things. We're not present with our spouse and we miss those opportunities to serve one another. You know, it really does take mindfulness to serve. It doesn't just happen. Being with your spouse is something that we've really, I think, and I don't know if it's just you get kind of used to being with your spouse and so it's just kind of second nature to kind of expect how they're gonna react or respond or what their needs are, what they don't like. And it just becomes kind of a background noise and, and you're not really present in that moment to what they're thinking and feeling and you miss those opportunities to serve them. And, and we're both at fault for this at times. And so we've really tried to think through the mindfulness of, you know, what is important? What do we need to put aside? You know, carving out time to say, you know what, we need to make sure that we don't get filled up with all this distraction to where we can't be mindful of one another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, um, she... Like on, on, on my day, her day off and my day off are the same day off now. It wasn't like that always, but it has been now. And, um, and it blows my mind. Like I, I would expect her to shake me awake and go, hey, go take the kids to school, you know. But that's just something that she's been mindful of that she wants to do on Friday to let me sleep in. You know, another day of the week, I'd take the kids to school and vice versa. But, but on Friday, she just, you know, without me asking, it's something in that moment that she's like, I can do this. And it speaks to me. You know, I make the bed every day. I know that's not a big deal. Yay, Ross, you make the bed. You're amazing. No. But in that moment, it speaks volumes to her because she's told me that. Like, it means a ton to her that I make, I make the bed. And I think that mindfulness, too, it, it just cultivates more vulnerability between you and your spouse. That if, if you can serve in moments, um, it just creates a vulnerability where you get to talk through some issues that you may not have really talked through or had the opportunity because there wasn't that servitude present. There wasn't mm -hmm. that time to really uh, be in the moment to meet mm -hmm. that need. Mm -hmm. You know, the next thing that Jesus did is he, after he took the towel and tied it around his waist, he took water and he poured water into a basin. And all through scripture, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so in my mind, it doesn't matter all the things I do servant-wise. It won't make a difference without a touch of the Holy Spirit. But I do believe my heart of service, it curries if you will the anointing it, it it invites the holy spirit if there's a sense of agreement happening when i'm serving i'm agreeing with my wife in some way and where two or three gather to agree he shows up amen and so with that there's a sense of of, of it's not just a physical act there's something supernatural that's happening when i'm choosing in those moments to be mindful of my wife and what she would need even though there's differences and frustrations at times what in this moment can i ebb in my desires and i can move forward and flow in what's going to bring her um, the best and so it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to be able to serve one another well to get past your own differences sometimes your own frustrations it takes the move of the Holy Spirit in your life and just realize the cleansing action that's taking place when you're his heart or your husband's house that cleansing action isn't your actions alone that's doing the work of perfecting your wife's heart or your husband's heart it is the move of the Holy Spirit that's taking place when you serve each other because it prepares the home and the heart to receive from the Lord God's best does that make sense partnership mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and God always I think runs to partnership he runs to unity when he sees unity in a couple man, I'm gonna anoint that I'm gonna bless that couple I'm gonna move into that couple's um, um, you know situation and such number five he washed their feet feet nasty feet he washed their feet I got to thinking about that he, he's not afraid of the dirty and damaged stuff in our lives 
when it comes to serving each other, you know, um, there's a vulnerability that comes. You know, in our early years of marriage, I didn't want her to know I needed her in some areas. Some areas of brokenness that I had, I didn't want her to know that I needed her to serve me in those areas of brokenness. She didn't want me to know some of the brokenness. You know, when I first married Amy, I really did. I thought that she was just about perfect, you know. I mean, when I met her, even into our first, you know, few months, year of marriage, I didn't know that she had experienced things in her young years I won't even speak of here, that were just horrible and brought so much pain. She didn't know that the stuff I had experienced growing up, how much it had damaged and affected me in my life. And next thing you know, we're married, and oh my gosh, we begin to realize we really have dirty feet. <laughs> yes. It's a funny way of saying it, but it's so true. And I would just say to be patient with the process because your feet didn't get dirty in a day. Mm -hmm. It was on a, your feet were on a journey. And that journey took place all the way up to marriage. And there's times when, you know, I just want to challenge you, your spouse is wanting to serve you. Or, you know, there's that moment of vulnerability. And we get frustrated because maybe it doesn't have the cleansing power or that, that response or that expectation that you wanted. And so you get frustrated. It's like, why am I even trying? How many times do we say that in our marriage? Why do I even try? Mm -hmm. They don't care. But you did not get damaged. You did not get dirty on your journey in one day. And it's surely not going to take mm -hmm. one act of serving to clean that up. Because we're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is the divine healer. He's the one that's going to make us completely whole. That's not our spouse's job. Mm -hmm. But to just be vulnerable and to be willing to allow them to serve us and in turn to serve them. And in that process comes that transformation. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to wait on that and be patient in that process. Amen. That's good. Yeah, so Jesus, all the way up to the end, he models to us this servanthood. And then in modeling a servanthood, he asks his disciples something. No, do you guys understand what I'm modeling? You know, he says, do you understand what I have done to you? He wants to know, do you guys understand what I'm modeling to you? Do you understand what I've done to you? Yeah. It says here in John 13, 12, when he had washed their feet and put on, his, or put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you may, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Amen. If you know these things, you know that we're all to, we ought to be servants, as Jesus modeled. If you know it, it's not nothing to know. You're blessed if you do it. Amen. And blessing is that special sanction of the Lord. It's a special touch of the Lord. So serving each other, as we started talking about how people think we're so compatible, we're not. We're just not. But we choose to serve each other. And so serving each other isn't about being compatible. It's about being spiritual. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If, you, if you know these things, blessed, blessed. That's spiritual. That's an anointing from God. That's a touch from the Lord. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And that's what bridged Amy and I's differences all these years. And, and man, we've had some knockdown, down, drag out. I'm telling you, even last night, as we're going over our sermon prep, 
Lord, we just have such different ways of processing. It was like, you know, man, it was, it was some crying. No, it wasn't Whatever. crying. I'm kidding. I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was tough. No, but, but it was, <laughs> we're so different. But it's not that we're compatible that brings that blessing. It's that we're spiritual. And so we see serving each other as an act of God. It's an act that's a supernatural spiritual act that we do to one and to another that brings the blessing of the Lord and brings, if you will, as we've been saying in this series, it brings that flow, it brings that, that force, it brings that, vo that, that volume it brings, or capacity, it brings that sustainability. And man, with it, God's creating a strong bond that now 26 years almost we've had. And I believe we'll, we'll keep having, amen? If you don't kill me beforehand. So what we want to do today is I want to take a moment as we close, I want to take a time to pray. And if you're here with your spouse, okay, um, I think we got room in the seats to do this, all right? I want husbands to kneel beside their wife, and I want you as a husband to touch your wife's feet, okay? And then as a wife, she's going to lay hands on your head, and I'm going to lead us. And if you're here as a single wives, and Amy will lead over a prayer over our husbands, Amen. And if you're here as a single, begin to think in your heart because singleness is a beautiful way to express servanthood. Oh my gosh, I think of Chaz, the servant heart that you have, I see Jesus in it so much. And so everybody that you're a part of, that servant heart, it pulls the best out of those relationships and the best out of people. So as a single, if you're here today, just ask the Lord to help you to continue to model that servanthood. And you know what's sad is sometimes as a single, you don't get the service, servanthood back. You don't, you, don't, you, know, you don't see it as much, you know? And so I might ask that the Lord just brings a healing touch to your heart today because sometimes you don't have people serving your needs as much as you're serving other people's needs as a single. And so we honor you today. And so um, if you'll just play, we're just going to take a little bit of time to pray. Amen? So, men, amen. Yes, Lord. Father, I thank you for this privilege and honor to be able to anoint these feet to pray for my wife, Lord. Lord God, all these years of just um, seeing those rough spots and those dirty spots and those things, Lord God, that only you can heal. I have seen you heal those things, Jesus, time and time again. And, Lord, it's been an honor to be a part of that process. And, Father, just help me, I pray, Jesus, to serve her well. Bless her, Lord, I pray, Jesus, wherever she goes. Lord God, as she goes in her uniqueness, as she goes in her skills and her abilities, Jesus, let me never see those differences as a deficiency. Never, let me never see those dif differences as a deficit, Lord. But let me see how you draw two people so different together that, Lord, it brings the best out of both of us as we look to you, Jesus, and as we serve each other. Bless my wife today in Jesus' name. Father God, right now, I just, on behalf of all the wives and all the ladies in this room, God, we just, I just pray right now, as I speak to the wives first, Lord, that you would just begin to show us how to love our husbands, God, in a way that's not transactional. And I think it's easy in times, even as moms, transactional, we just, we, we have needs that sometimes things can become very transactional in our lives, God, but we really desire transformation, God. We desire that transformational touch, God, that comes from you. And Lord, sometimes we get anxious or we get impatient because we want to see the, the success of that overnight. But God, let us trust and, and just be patient with that process. Lord, it doesn't happen overnight. Lord, sometimes it takes um, some lessons 
between now and then, Lord, that we have to learn in one another to see that process unfold and, and transform our lives, God. Lord, right now I want to talk to the ladies in the room, God, that might be single. I ask right now, Jesus, as they move forward, God, to live their lives, God, in, in an attitude of servitude, Lord, that it's not something that they do out of uh, weakness or out of um, just submitting or surrendering everywhere they go, but God, it's a strength that they walk in boldness and in strength, God, as they can give to others, God, an attitude of service, Lord, that they would just begin to receive from you, Lord, as their, just their God, as their provider and as their spouse until that day or if that is for them. Lord, that you would just become all that they need, God, that they would receive all of that from you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that we can take this time, Lord, to just focus on what you want to do in and through the different ways that we ebb and flow, God, naturally and, and divinely, God, as we're partnered with you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, baby. Can, can we take a second? I know how much, um, you know, Amy already works for the church. She serves our family well. Adding a teaching element to a week is a lot of work, especially when your husband's dropping all the stuff for us to think about on Wednesday. And um, can you thank my wife for just ministering with us today? Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.